great to see you this morning again. What a lovely morning it is. You know, lovely colours as I was just driving through the trees. It's just amazing. You know, you know God's scholars, yeah, colour scheme. You've got all the designers in the world trying to design stuff and you look, look what God has done. You've got all his colours perfect. I just thought the hand of God, we're just driving through it. It's just so powerful, the creator of the earth and we know him. What a great morning to be alive and to be here and to be full of hope and expectation that with God all things are possible this morning, that we're worshipping the living God this morning. And we're coming to praise him and bring glory to his name this morning. What an amazing morning this could be if you have an open heart. If you open your heart to the spirit. You see, it's not just about men preaching, is it? It's about the spirit moving. It's about the spirit moving through a vessel. It's about the spirit of God. It's about the power of God. It's about the prophetic voice of God. It's about people being called, people being awakened, people being touched, people being strengthened. We come together to edify the church, to build each other up, to encourage each other in the Lord because we're in a battle. But this morning I want to speak to you. If you have a Bible with you, you can turn to Luke 9.32. It won't be the only scripture, but it's the one I'm going to preach from this morning. I'll read that and and then I'm going to read one more scripture in John 17.24. And then I'll tell you the title of the sermon and what we are doing this morning. And I pray with all my heart that the Spirit would speak to all of us this morning. Luke 9, 32. It's a short verse, and then I'll explain the whole chapter of what it means. But Peter, but Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Let me just read that again. But Peter and those who were with him were, he- were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who were with him. And then just one more verse, John 17, you don't need to turn to it, in verse 24, says this, this is Jesus praying to the Father. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, and behold my glory for which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. But Peter and those with him were heavy asleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory. I just want to speak to you, really. The title of this sermon is, is called Being Fully Awake. Fully awake Christian, a fully awake, born again Christian. In Luke chapter 9, this chapter we just read, the events described in Luke chapter 9, as you read through it, are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's just amazing when you read chapter 9, the things that are in it. It's one of the most historical, I think, moments in the history of the Lord Jesus Christ's ministry on earth. Because when you look at it, when you read Luke chapter 9, and I just read that to you, they saw his glory. It lifts the veil on a world to come. It lifts the veil on another world that is going to be. It shows something of his glory and the deep things of God after death. It shows something of that glory. The disciples had just been told in chapter 9, This is what God told them. I am going to go to a cross. There's going to be suffering, self-denial. There's going to be pain. 
there's going to be sorrow in life. So there's no doubt in my mind when they saw the glory and they saw Elisha and Elijah standing there, that this was an encouragement to them. That this verse was meant to be an encouragement because it says in verse 28, now it came to pass about eight days before these sayings that Jesus took Peter and John and James up a mountain to pray. He prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, his robe came shining white with glistening, and behold, two men talked with him. They were Moses and Elijah. It shows you about the afterlife. It shows you about men that this life is not it. Moses and Elijah were standing there. Men just like us. Men who suffered. Men who went through pain. Men who were challenged. Men who were not perfect. And here they were. Death was not the final say. Here they were standing on the promised land with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Here they are. They saw Moses and Elijah standing. That glory shining round about them. So let us take comfort for the good things that's laid up for us. That this is not it. There's a call in the word to come up higher to see more. There's a call for great things. There's a call to come up because wherever you are, it's not it. There's more. And this verse shows this. So keeping fully awake, that's what I want to speak about. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says this. Tell us, it tells us to be alert. Listen to this. This is why you need to stay awake. 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us to be alert because there's a devil. That's why we need to be fully awake as Christians because we're in a war. Because we're in a fight. Because it's not a game. And to be in a fight, to be at a war, you have to be fully awake. You have to be fully alert. So the Bible talks about being fully awake. Because there's an enemy who wants to devour you. He wants to put you spiritually to sleep. He wants to put you into a slumber and a sleep. And he does not want you to see the things of God. In fact, the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the eyes of people so they can't see the glory and the hope and the joy that's in Jesus Christ. So there's a spiritual blindness in our nation. People can't see what we see this morning. Thessalonians 5, 6 tells us, so then, do, so then, let us not sleep as others do, but keep awake and be sober. All through the Bible, there's this verse and, and words about keeping awake and being alert. I'm telling you, there are thousands, there are churches, there are nations who spiritually are sleeping. And God all through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation has always sent revivals when he needs to wake his church up, when he needs to wake us up. So the Bible says, stay awake. Joel 2.1 says, put the trumpet to the mouth, blow the trumpet in Zion. In other words, he's saying, send an alarm call. Send in an alarm call. This is not the days, days of to be easy. This is not the days to relax. This is not the days to chill out. This is the days to awake with the mighty power of God's Holy Spirit. This is the day to awake in prayer. This is the day to awake in worship. Oh God, wake us up so that we can have the full flame of Pentecost and nothing more. Because that's what he died to give us. The full flame. Hallelujah. Anybody want the full flame of Pentecost? 
Anybody need the full flame of Pentecost? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, wake us up to the fullness of your glory. First of all, I want to speak about things that put you to sleep. You'll be glad to know it won't be me this morning it'll be doing that. <laughs> Compromise will dull your spiritual senses. Compromise will dull your discernment. Compromise will rob you of your vigor and your zeal and your spiritual power. It's absolute false surrender. It's no compromise. It's not bowing down to idols. It's not following our own ways. It's not compromising what we know. As soon as you compromise, you're starting to give yourself a tranquility drug that will put you to sleep spiritually. Prayerlessness, just not praying, will put you to sleep. Even though you're talking scripture, even though you're lifting your hands, even though you're worshipping God, even though you know all the right words, even though you know you can quote scripture, you can quote the Psalms, you can quote God. Maybe you've been brought up in church. Maybe you've came to church, you're faithful and you're here. But really deep, deep down you quote it all. But your prayer life is absolutely zilch. And you're sitting here and you have a reputation for being alive, but you could be dead. And God, God has said that to churches, did he not? Busy churches, good churches. I mean, bad churches, I mean, we know about that. But God was close telling a good church who was doing busy things, doing good things. And he said, you're falling asleep. But you see, friends, it's the spirit that gives life. It's the spirit that quickens a church. Now, out of that life comes good works. But we need to watch we don't do good works and we end up dead and sleeping in the spirit. Prayer, prayer is everything Jesus said, when you pray, the disciples asked him, did they not? They never said, teach us how to preach, teach us how to worship, teach us how to be moving the power of the Spirit. They said, no, teach us how to pray, because that's what keeps you alive. That's where the power is. That's where the intimacy is. That's where the glory is. That's where the flesh gets crucified. Oh, prayer, prayer, prayer will keep the Christian alive. But prayerlessness will put you to sleep. And have we not all been there? Oh, I've been there, I've preached. I've preached asleep. And myself, I'm sleeping. But God has been faithful to his word. He anoints his word. But I've not been anointed. I've not been there. I've not been in a place. He's just been faithful to his word while I've been sleeping. And I knew it. I'd walk off a pulpit. People say, that was great. But I knew it when I went home. God said, where are you, Jay? You used to speak to me. That idol that you're in front of your box and you're watching it, it's robbing you of your spiritual vitality. Put it away for a little while and come up higher and seek my face and don't get robbed of the presence and the power and the call that I've put on your life. Oh, wake me up. I've been there. But there's a voice in here this morning saying, come up. Let me quicken you into the prayer closet. Draw you away from those things that are robbing you of your vitality. Tiredness. Listen, friends, we're all tired. 
Who cares about tiredness? Get your flesh to the prayer closet. Turn that telly off, whatever it takes to stay awake. Then I'll tell you, it's worth cutting off to stay awake. Can you say amen? Anybody need a wake this morning? Idols in our life, we don't think of idols these days. Because we think, you know, Israelite building a statue and they're all bowing down to it. But listen, some people worship themselves far too much. I recommend you look in the mirror at least twice a day and then leave it there. Becomes an idol. Nothing wrong with television, but it becomes an idol. Relationship, in a relationship with somebody, they can become an idol. Or oh, that will put you to sleep. Like nothing else. Prayerlessness. Not reading the word. Watching the God channel is no substitution for reading the word. It's good. Bits of it. Listening to teaching tapes, listening to preaching on the internet is no substitute for when a man goes into a prayer closet and says, Holy Spirit, feed my soul today. Some are asleep because you're not reading the word. I believe a lot of people come up and ask us to pray for them. Know why? Because they're asleep. So they're asking people who are awake to pray for them. Oh, oh, oh pray for my daughter. Sometimes I look and I go, when you tell me how many hours you're praying, then I'll join you. But if you're no praying, you're desperate. But inside you need awakened. Not reading the word. Not reading the word will put you to sleep like nothing else. It doesn't matter if it's on your phone. It doesn't matter where it is. By the way, young people, you can get the Bible in paper version as well. <laughs> get that word saturated in you. The devil wants you away from it. It's like a hot coal coming off a fire. I tell you, you can burn. For, it's amazing the grace of God, how long you can burn without prayer and reading the word. It's amazing the grace of God in our lives. But eventually when the day of trouble comes, when the day of war comes, when the day of temptation comes, I'll tell you, you have no strength and you have no power to fight through your battles. I believe there's a lot of people in churches totally confused about God simply because of these things I'm telling you this morning. They are prayerless, waterless, not reading the word, and they don't know, they know, I don't know what God's saying, I don't know where it is. Friends, I'm telling you, I do know what God's saying. And see if God doesn't speak to you audibly, there's enough in there to get on with until he does. I've no heard for God, I need a word for God. Well, read that. I'll tell you, start there. There's a lot to get done just in this before he tells you anything else. Obedience. We need to be fully awake because of the temptations in our flesh. I want to just read you a few scriptures. It's amazing in the Bible. I want to talk about being fully awake, but I need you just to stay with me. I want you, to, yeah, you don't need to turn to it. Jonah, Jonah 1. Jonah chapter 1. Listen to this. The book of oh, honestly, I said I went to Bible school. This is ridiculous. 
I can't find the book of Jonah. I'll be waiting a couple of days. I had a marker in it and I went to the wrong marker. I don't need to get the index. I know where it is. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to read it if I can't find it. Oh, I can't. Here we go. Jonah chapter 1. <laughs> Something that will put you to sleep. Disobedience. Jonah on chapter 1, was told to go to a city and preach. But it said he went in the wrong direction and he was in a boat on a ship. And it said he was underneath the boat sleeping. I'm telling you, there was a storm going on. A storm couldn't wake that man up. That's how deep the sleep took him. He was in such a deep sleep in a boat. Waves, cracking wood, everything. And here he was sleeping because his disobedience had put him in to a spiritual stupor. It put him into a deep sleep. Then it said, the captain of the boat, the captain of the boat went down and said, why are you sleeping, O sleeper? Will you not get up and call upon your God and maybe he will save us? Oh, when the world asks the church to wake up, there's something wrong. There's a world out there that's drowning. They're dying. They're on a rocky, rocky foundation. They're crying. They're slipping into eternity tonight. Hospitals, people will slip in. People will slip into heaven. Sleep will slip into hell. Lost eternity. This world is a boat and it is going down. It is sinking. People are drowning in their pain and their shame and in their guilt. Oh, Christians. Let us not sleep. Let us wake up and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is good news. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jonah was sleeping and the captain woke him up and said, Will you pray to your God that we will be saved? Oh, what an indignation. He's sleeping. And he said, You know, throw me off the boat. Is there a Jonah here? You're just not where you should be. You're in the wrong place. And God's saying, wake up this morning and come back. The benefits of sleeping. Remember Peter, Jesus in the garden, Matthew 26, 40. Remember, came back. Could you not watch with me for one hour? Weariness can put you to sleep. But the Bible says, don't get weary. Stay awake. Have you ever worked and worked and worked and never been thanked? Have you ever kept going and you think, I've had enough of this? Ready to throw your towel in? I'm tired and I'm weary. Say, no, God, keep me awake so I can keep doing good works. Jesus said, could you not watch with me one hour? You see, they were weary. They got weary. It was a physical tiredness. But he told them to stay awake. What are the benefits of staying awake? First of all, the benefits of Staying awake, 2 Kings 6, 17. Elijah, Elisha is in a house. They are surrounded by the Assyrians. And his servant comes in and he says this to him. We are surrounded by an army. And what he was saying is, we're toast. We're going to get done in here. 
Have you seen the army that's out there? And Elisha's sitting on a chair. And I love this. It says that he's sitting on some kind of a chair, like a rocking chair, sitting there next to a log fire. There's an army all around him. And I'm thinking, would you not be panicking or trying to do a runner or say to yourself, how can we escape this? But do you know what? When you are fully awake, you see differently from those who are sleeping. You're not living in fear. You're not living in anxiety. You're not living. You have a different perspective. When you are fully awake, you believe the promises in the Word of God. Nothing will move you. And you see, if God is for us, who can be against us? He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Onward, Christian soldier. Come on, march through the storm. March through the troubles. March through the weariness. March through the temptation. Hallelujah. Oh, God, wake us up to see the angels and the glory and the power of heaven. We've got the whole of heaven backing us up. Can you say amen? amen? Fully awake. Elijah, Elisha was fully awake. But here's the thing. The servant wasn't. But his servant wasn't fully awake. And his servant was hanging about with him. You see, it's no good enough to be hanging about with people of God. You need to be awake yourself. It's not good enough to be in a church where there's fire and there's a power of the Holy Ghost. You need to be awake yourself. You see, when you are fully awake, you see differently. How many people here, honestly, you're in a circumstance right now, and you say, God, give me a different viewpoint of this situation. Let me see it from your view. Let me see it from your promises. Let me see it from your word and not just my emotions, not just my feelings. They're burying me, Lord. Lord, let me see what you say about this situation. God, wake me up to what, where this could take me and strengthen me in it. Isaiah chapter 60, what happens when you're fully awake? Isaiah 60, you don't need to turn there, verse 1. Isaiah, you know, he wrote, sorry, Isaiah 6, verse 1, he is, I mean, he's God's prophet. You're listening, he's God's prophet. He's wrote six chapters of the Bible. And listen to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried out to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people who are unclean. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the sermons flew to me, having his hand with a hot coal, which he had taken from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. And then I heard a voice saying, Whom will I send? And I said, Send me. When you are fully awake, you hear and see the call and the purpose of God. You don't just do a thing because it's good. You're actually getting a call because it's a burden. Here I am, send me. When you're fully awake, you want to be sent. 
when you're fully awake, you want to do God's will. And Isaiah, six chapters, you'd think, I think, I think Isaiah was pretty awake. But obviously he wasn't awake enough. Because in chapter 6 he said, man, I was awake, but now my eyes have seen the glory of God. Now I don't fully comprehend, fully what he meant, but I've got a rough idea when he said, my lips are unclean, that he was talking about stuff he shouldn't have been. And he was talking with people that he shouldn't have been. This is a prophet of God. And when he had, I'll tell you, if you're asleep today, say, God, no matter where I've been, no matter what I've done, no matter what sin I've committed, no matter where I am, there's a God who can come and cleanse you and touch you and recommission you and show you great things. That's the grace of God this morning. And I'd say there's people here, just by majority, who can say that, God, I need forgiven. And he'll say, I'll come and I'll touch you and you'll see my glory. Not only will I touch you, I'm going to put a call and a purpose in your life. I'm going to give you a burden. That's what made Jackie Pullinger, Dave Wilkinson, C.T. Studd, all these people had these encounters and it became a burden of their whole life. It's not just a duty, it's a call. It's not just a good idea, it's the call and purpose of God. Are you going to go to sleep and miss it this morning? Or are you going to say, God, wake me up to all you called me for? Don't let me miss it. In Acts 21, 11, a man comes up to Paul and ties his hand and says prophetically, he ties a belt around his hands and said, everywhere you go, you're going to suffer. When you're fully awake, you can see things to come. You start to see into the future. You can start to preach prophetically into situations. You can start to speak into people's lives. You start to move in the words of knowledge. And I'll tell you, the body of Christ is in so much need. If ever we needed the gifts of the Spirit, we need it today. A sermon alone is not going to open up your life and heal you. Oh no, I'm telling you, I thank God for people who walked in the Spirit and had words of knowledge for my life and opened up my life. I thank God for the prophetic it was in my life. Oh, it came from men who were alive. And he tied a belt and he said, Paul, I mean, how's that for a prophecy? You need to be in the Spirit to tell somebody that, wouldn't you? Everywhere you go, you're going to get battered. Just thought I'd let you know that. You'd be like, I rebuked that. I rebuked that. That can't be the Lord. But it was the Lord. The man told him. Oh, for men to stand up and prophesy the truth rather than namby, pamby, you're all right, I'm all right. You just want to hear, bless me, bless me. In the last days, people will go and get their ears tickled. And God says, no, I'm going to tell you the truth. Wake up! Oh, we don't like prophets. Unless about prosperity, joy, happy, and a dancing. Two bumps. And a prayer. No. Never. Never will I go into the shallows when we can swim in the depth of the power and the glory and the power of the gospel and the power of prayer and the power of fasting. Why would we go in shallow waters and sell ourselves short of being Pentecostal and praise God, hallelujah, that we can be awakened this morning into the things of God. Can you say amen? Oh, I tell you, I feel the Lord this morning with me. I feel this is a word. I mean, if Isaiah needed waking up, is it possible there could be more?
Let me ask you a simple question. We don't need condemnation here this morning. That's not the point. The point is, are you happy where you are and what is putting you to sleep? And are you willing to lay it down to become alive? How do you stay awake? Oh, there's a brilliant lesson how to stay awake. And look. Luke chapter 2. Let me read this to you. Luke chapter 2, verses 22. Now, when, when the days of his purification came, talking about Jesus, according to the law of Moses, were complete, they brought to him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer sacrifices according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he seen the Christ. So he came by the Spirit to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up on his arms and blessed him and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of all your people. Simeon, we know what puts you to sleep. We know what it looks like when a man is awakened. He, gets, he can get cleansed, he can get forgiven, he can get recommissioned. We know that. We know that you see differently from everybody else when you're alive in God. But how do you stay awake? I think that's the problem. How do you stay in that place? That's the difficulty I find. I get pockets of it and months of it. And then sometimes we fall and we're always coming back. But there must be a place of abiding. There must be a place where you can live in or he wouldn't have called us to abide. In John 15. I think Simeon gives us about seven things. This man was an old man in the temple. He recognized Jesus Christ as a baby because the Spirit of God was on him. Number one, he was devoted. Everybody say devoted. He was devoted to the temple. He was devoted to the house. He was devoted to church. We live in such a day where there's no commitment, no devotedness. I'll take what I can get for you, Jesus, but I'm not giving everything. I'm not surrendering everything. I'm not giving my whole life. Oh, you think, I'm telling you, I know I'm preaching a word and I know it might be a bit hard to swallow, but materialism, there's nothing wrong with it. But watch, it doesn't put you to sleep. And he says here, he was devoted. Oh, to be devoted to prayer, to be devoted to worship, to be devoted to the house, to be devoted to each other, to be devoted to him. Simeon was devoted. Number two, Simeon believed a promise from God that he wouldn't die until he's seen the consolation of Israel. I mean, he, he's got a promise from God. Friends, we have a book full of promises that somebody needs to start believing in. 
Somebody needs to start taking these promises and say, God, we actually believe that. We actually believe you'll never leave us or forsake us. Write out the promises and love them. This man, he would have missed it if he didn't believe the promises of God. It says, it said that the Spirit told him to go up to the temple that day. If you want to stay on fire, walk in the Spirit. Simeon was sitting in his, wherever he was, and it said the Spirit came up to him and told him, and it said it led, it led him to the temple. Oh, what well, for a life to be led by the Spirit and not circumstances. And what's the best option? And what's best for me? And what's best for me? Friends, I don't even care what's best for me anymore. I just want to do his will. I just want to do his will. He was a man who walked in the Spirit. He said, I heard God speaking to me. I won't die until I see this. Imagine him telling people. They must have thought, yeah, I don't know how long he waited, but I'll tell you, he was an old man. I'd say he waited a long time, but boy, he was devoted. He had something in his spirit, and I'll tell you, the world couldn't put it out. The religion couldn't put it out. The devil couldn't put it out. And when you're walking in the spirit, you want, when you're fully awake, you can die well, and you can die in peace. He said, you know what he said? Lord, my eyes have seen it now. I'm ready to depart. You can't say that unless you're alive. If you're full of sin and full of sleeping and you've not done God's will, you're like, all right, I'll, I might get heaven by the skin of my teeth, but there'll be no joy in it. You'll be like, I, I, you know, I wish I was more awake. Simeon was a man of the Spirit. Simeon was a devoted to the church. Simeon heard the Spirit leading him. In spirit, when he seen Jesus, he said, Lord, now I can depart in peace. I've no fear of death. My eyes have seen it. You can take me home now. You've fulfilled your promise in my life. I've done my work. I've been faithful. I've been honest. I've been pure. I've been right. I've kept myself awake. This promise, some of you have got prophecies that have died. It slept because you never prayed it right through. And you got disappointed. And you got bitter, or a train wreck came in the side of your life to try and put you to sleep. I dare you today to resurrect those things that you know God has told you. I dare you to believe about the call and the purpose in your life. I dare you to believe that it's not over yet, that the best is yet to come. If you will say, God, wake me up again. Oh, there's hope this morning. You may have backslid for 10 years and you've came back and you went, oh, I've lost those 10 years. And God said, lost them. I can, I can, I can make you feel like you've gained 20 if you just let me wake you up this morning. All those things I never done. All those things I could have done. And God said, well, you've got breath in you. Are you willing for me to use you today? Are you willing to start the day? Are you willing to go again? Awake. Ephesians 1.18, Paul says oh, that our eyes would be open to see the infathomable riches that are in Christ Jesus. First Thessalonians says, we are not like those who fall asleep, but we are like those who are sober-minded and keep awake. I'm paraphrasing it. Let me ask you something. The sermon's ended for the... That thing there, so I can move a bit. I felt restricted here this morning. Are you awake? I'm telling you, we've got a great church. We do evangelism. We feed the poor. We do so many things here. It's marvelous. 
But we need everybody on. We need everybody on board the boat weekend. There as churches and revelations that he went round. And friends, he had to wake them up. And I don't want my ears tickled. I want somebody to wake me up. I would love if I was drowning or in a fire, I would love somebody to tell me, I can help you get out of that fire. I can stop you from drowning. I'm going to tell you. I tell you, I would rather I told the truth and you didn't like me, right, than I pampered people and they slipped into hell. I'm here to please him and speak his message and all the love and grace that I can, but I believe I've got a word for the Lord this morning. I believe people need to be awake. Because I've been there. And like Simeon, to stay awake, you need to be deep, devoted, prayer, obedience, and walk in the Spirit. Is, is there a Peter here who's weary? You've not done anything wrong. Just weariness has put you to sleep. And he said, could you not watch with me? Let me wake you up. Is there a Jonah at the bottom of the boat? Is there a King David who you should be in the fight, but you've took time out because you're tired and you're where you shouldn't be? And I tell you, get out of that place soon and get back to where you should be. Or you'll, be to sleep. you'll go to sleep for a long time. Friends, I think it's serious business to stay sober-minded, to stay alert. The world we live in with technology now, I'll tell you, that will put you to sleep. Why don't you get off your Facebook and get your face in his face and maybe you'll have a better life and you won't be confused and you won't be tired and you won't be wary. Put this down for a while and use it only for what it needs used for. You can hardly talk to an adult. They're like, yeah, I know what you mean. And you just want to get that out of their hand and say, don't be so ignorant. Talk to my face. Please put that down. You're devaluing me. You make me feel like you don't want to talk to me. Oh, is that right? That's fantastic. And that's how we talk to God. They saw his glory. But he had to bring them up away from all the distractions. He had to bring them up away from the religious and the unbelief. And he took three with him and he said, you three, come with me. So who's going to come up this morning? I'll tell you, it's hard, it's hard work to get up to the top of the mountain. But boy, when you get there, the view. And you don't stay there. If you read Luke 9, you come back down again. And the first thing they meet is a broken boy possessed by a demon. And you get back to work again. But you can go another year. You can go another lifetime. Because my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the king. Let's stand. Would you close your eyes? Really close your eyes, please. Young and old. Long, born again and newborn again. Let me just say this to you, for anybody here. The one thing the Gospels, Paul said, there's a call on my life to call those who are in darkness to open their eyes from darkness into the light. 
Maybe you're here today and you, you don't even know Jesus. You've never seen him. Your eyes have been blinded. Let me tell you what happens when you become fully awake. You realize how valuable you are. You realize that you're forgiven. You realize your love and you won't look for love in all the wrong places. You won't go to sin and run about to pubs and clubs and drink and drugs and relationships looking for satisfaction. Oh, I pray your eyes would be open that you would see the glory of Christ who died for you. You see, there was two men on a cross and one just saw a man hanging there. He thought it was just a man. He said, look at him. No, oh, he was interested in, well, if it's real, get me off this cross. But the other one's eyes was opened. He saw something and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom and he's there today and he'll be there for all eternity. Oh God, open our eyes. Oh, who needs to see the circumstances different? Oh, and maybe for others here, you know, Moses and Elijah, those who, those who have went before us are waiting for us. Oh, they're there. And they're waiting for us. But who this morning? I'm, I'm going to give a call this morning. I'm going to take five minutes. I think I need to give a call. A Jonah, a weariness, a Peter, a prayerlessness. Now, listen, listen. Prayer is a funny thing. I think we could always say no. I think if you prayed four, four hours a day, I think we'd still say to ourselves, I could do more. So you need to watch that one. But you know when you're just not praying enough and you need to put some idols down. You need to put, cut some stuff off. I can't, I'm not going to pray for you all, but I'm going to, this is no the altar. The altar is your heart, but you can come forward and you can say, God, I need to be made alive. Wake me up, touch my lips, touch areas of my life that are putting me to sleep. In the balcony, is anybody sleeping up there? And you say, God, I need a touch. You're not coming to a man, you're not coming to a denomination, you're coming to him. And as you come, we're going to just play a song and then we're going to release people as people are still at the altar. If you want prayer, we have a prayer team here who will pray for you. I'm just going to simply say, if God has spoke to you this morning, then I want you to leave your seat and come to the front of this altar and stand here. Come, come forward. God bless you. Yeah, come for the balcony. We're waiting for you. You're welcome. God bless you guys. Come. You see, I'll tell you, people know they need waking. Come, come. Come. I can't wake you up, but he can. Just come forward. Is there anybody else? We'll wait for you. God, wake me up. Wake, I am not where I should be. Wake me up. I used, to, I used to commune with you. I used to walk with you. Things have come into my life. God, wake me up. Just weariness of life. I'm telling you, the way to relax, God has built us to work, rest and play. There's no doubt about that. But we must get the priority right. There comes a time when you need to sacrifice something to keep yourself alive. God's not against rest and recreation. Is there anybody else who would say, I need to be alive, I need the full flame? Do you know, it's such a serious moment for all of us who are standing here. A, a serious moment, a sober moment. Now, this is not about a feeling. This is about an act of your will and you're saying this morning, God, I need 
to be awake and God says, well, there's something in your part. If you move towards me, then all of a sudden I'm going to move towards you. There's some things you can do, but there's some things only I can do. And I believe that the people at the front here, you've heard a call to come up higher today. I don't know what that cost will be in your life. But I know you'll get the grace to do it. And I know if you're struggling with something, or you need to lay something down, I know it won't be easy because we get into ruts. I have been there. I stand with you. You're looking at a man who's preached sleeping. I was honest, I told you. And God honoured his word. But I'll tell you, I know how to get woke up again by spending time with him. I'll tell you, there's, nothing, there's, no, there's no 10 points, there's no one points. I'll tell you, it's just hard, hard, picking up your flesh and finding space with him. If you need to go over to the Hope Center and you need to start walking over, I, I really mean this, you won't disturb us. Please feel free to walk now. We're only going to be another five minutes here, but don't feel obligated to children. Can I just ask you just to leave by the door that's on my left? Your right, thank you. Larry, uh, we've called an ambulance for Larry. Uh, he's doing okay. But um, it would be helpful to us if the front entrance was clear. So if you could just go to my left, that would be great. Thank you. Because the ambulance is coming, do you know, it's, we need to just respect Larry as well. That's, that's important. People are coming in. So. But God can touch you where you are. So as I'm going to pray. And if you want to play a song as we're going out, we can leave after I pray. Or you can stay. But let's... If you're at the front, just close your eyes. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you, Jonah, even though he was sleeping, you gave him no rest. You came and you rescued him and he did get to his mission. We thank you for Peter, who fell asleep, who did become a pillar in the church. We thank you for Isaiah, who you woke up and preached for 52 chapters about the glory and the coming of Christ. We thank you you woke him up. We thank you for Simeon, Lord, who stayed awake to see the glory of God and died in peace. We thank you, Lord, this morning that as we just come and ask, we're just asking, Lord, give me a spiritual hunger to pray. Give me a spiritual hunger to worship. Give me a spiritual hunger for your church. Give me a spiritual hunger for fellowshipping with you. So Father, in Jesus' name, every man and woman that's standing here, we pray today, no matter what they feel, no matter what they see, by faith they are saying today, there are some things I'm laying down and by the grace of God I won't pick up again. Some sin that has trapped some people here would be broken and the snare would be broken and they would be free to fulfill the call of God in their life. For others, Lord, whose minds have been bombarded with doubt, guilt, and regret, and condemnation, loose it today in the name of Jesus Christ. So we pray, Lord, for these men and women, that they would go, and in the next few weeks, we're looking forward to testimonies. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was blind, but now I see. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Folks, have a fantastic week.